Good evening. This is Good Friday evening. And this is the day in the Christian calendar when we celebrate the death of Jesus Christ. Traditionally, it was known as Black Friday. You know, when I was growing up, everything was closed. You had the pubs and the shops and the stores. Every single thing was closed. And uh, there was this whole sense when I was growing up that we were the cause of nailing Jesus to the cross. So it really was for us kind of Black Friday. And when you think of everything being closed, it reminds us of this past year that we have not gone through, that we're going through. It still continues, where everything is, is closed. It's so unusual. And, and not alone is it just happening, say, in Dublin, Kildare. It's happening right through the nation, but all through the nations of the world. And we're in a season when people are feeling trapped. They're feeling cornered, as if they don't have the choice to travel. They don't have the choice even to go down the country or go away for a weekend. And a lot of people are filled with fear, with apprehension, right? And they're concerned because we don't really know how this is going to end. You know, we think everyone, okay, we're all going to get inoculated very soon, but we know that's not happening as readily and fast and swiftly as we would like it to be. So there's a massive big question when will this end? But this is also Good Friday, and there's a reason why it's Good Friday. It's important to understand that the death of Jesus Christ is an absolute unique death. All the combined deaths of mankind cannot be compared with the death of Jesus, for His death is an atoning sacrifice. He died on our behalf. And really, that word atoning simply means that Jesus Christ paid the price for each of our sins, our past, our present, and even our future sins, in order that we might have a relationship with God the Father. And perhaps a better way of expressing this is is in how we do it here in open arms. And simply is this, He left His place to come to my place, to take my place, to bring me back to his place. That is the essence of the gospel and the working out of Good Friday. So the whole structure of Christianity is founded on this death. It's the center point of history itself. See, many people will accept Jesus as a great leader, a good example, a prophet, or perhaps even a teacher, but they reject his atoning sacrifice for their sins. However, this is so important, and I want you to get this this evening. It is not his ethics, his good life, or his example that saves man. The only thing that saves man is the death, the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on the hill of Calvary. And in the Old Testament, we see many kind of foreshadows of this that was to become. And perhaps the most famous one of all, and the clearest one is from Exodus 12, called the Passover. God's people, Israel, were kept as slaves in Egypt. God had sent his servant Moses to Pharaoh to ask for their freedom, but Pharaoh simply refused. The Lord sent plagues to persuade Pharaoh to let his people go, but still Pharaoh refused and caused God's people even more hardship and more misery. Eventually, God took action on that given night, now known as the Passover. The angel of death, sent by God, would travel across the land of Egypt, killing the firstborn of every animal and human being. But there was an exception. The exception were God's chosen people who sacrificed a lamb 
So they killed a lamb that was without a blemish. And they took the blood of the lamb and they put it over the post of their door and on the side of the door. And then what happens is the angel of death passed over God's people who walked in obedience. That very day, Israel walked free from their captivity and the blood of the lamb had set God's people free. Now roll with me, imagine 1,500 years later, and we come to John's gospel, and I'm going to be reading from John 1, 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. And verse 14 finishes by saying this, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ is the Word of God, the Logos of God. He's the second person of the Trinity. Jesus is God with flesh on. He's perfect and holy. He's good. He's love. He's merciful and gracious, patient and slow to anger. He's compassionate and truthful and faithful and just. And then a little later, in John 1.29, it says, The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus, 1,500 years after the Passover, became the perfect, perfect Passover Lamb, the Lamb that was without blemish, the one who would change history forever, who would not just cover sin, but would actually remove and obliterate and destroy sin once and forevermore. 700 years previously, the prophet Isaiah wrote this, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we consider him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Jesus paid the penalty for my sin and for your sin. And we must understand this. There's a but here, a big, wonderful, right, Christian biblical but. 
But he did not pay a ransom to the great Pharaoh called Satan. He paid the ransom of his life to the justice and law of God himself. And just three quick points. Number one, Jesus' death satisfied the justice of God. Criminals must be penalized for their crime. Man sinned against God's government. Divine justice can be satisfied only when the penalty has been executed by and upon the criminal. The second point is, it satisfied the outrageous holiness of God. When we see sin as such a disgusting thing as opposed to God who is perfect and holy, the wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. The result of sin is death. The, the payment of sin is death. Any violation of the law is worthy of death. And number three, it satisfied the violated law of God. The wages of sin is death. Any violation of the law is worthy of death. The penalty is death itself. Just the death of Jesus Christ was so necessary. It vindicated God's holiness, upheld His justice, and satisfied the demands of the broken law. So the death of Christ was for the whole world. We know the Scripture, for God so loved the world, you, I, your neighbor, everyone. It, it is vast enough to encompass billions upon billions of people. The death of Christ was complete and final. Christ died once for all. It is finished. He, there's no more sacrifice, no more penalties. It is over. It is a completed work. And the death of Christ was the conquest of Satan's kingdom. Colossians 2.15 says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So can I tell you, folks, that Satan held the power of sin, sickness, disease, and death, as well as control over his own kingdom and principalities. But I want to tell you, Jesus has overcome the enemy. Jesus removed his power to those who love God. We need no longer fear Satan. He has no power. He has no control over our lives, over our families, or our extended families because Jesus has destroyed him by the shedding of his blood on the cross. He's turned what seemed to be the greatest defeat into the greatest victory. He spoiled principalities and powers, making a show of them openly and triumphed over them on the cross. Finally, the death of Christ was a manifestation of God's love. This is what we see. We see God who fills the entire universe he cloaked His majesty. He came as a baby. He came as a human being that we could relate to Him. He came that we might have life. It is the ultimate expression of love that He gave His life for you. He gave His life for me. He gave His life for us here together. What hung Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary was not your sin, but His love, His commitment. He loves you today, wherever you are, whatever situation you're involved in, whatever, whatever circumstances, whatever is going on in your mind, you are loved by God. So today is Good Friday, the 2nd of April, 2021. You know, many people will ask in years to come, where were you during the great lockdown? Where were you during the 21st century global pandemic? And you might say, well, I was... Uh, on Netflix. <laughs> I was walking around my 5K. 
I was eating my fill ten times a day, <laughs> pulling on the pounds and the kilos. That might be part of your story. Or perhaps you could say that, do you know something really dramatically happened to me on the 2nd of April 2021? I made the decision to accept the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. I made the decision to enter into a relationship with Him. I made a decision that Jesus would take my guilt and take my shame and has changed my life. And perhaps part of your story could be that on that night, that evening, you began a new life of hope, a life of forgiveness, a life of peace, where there's no more guilt and no more shame. And that was the day that you fell in love with Jesus. That was the day that this intimate relationship began on that day. Or perhaps you could say, because there's always the other story, isn't there? That on the 2nd of April 2021, I heard the good news of the sacrificial death of Christ, and I decided to reject that. I said, no, I will not accept your sacrifice. And from that day on, I've continued to pay the price, and I will for the rest of eternity. Today, this evening, you choose. You make the choice. The one thing that will not be in heaven are prisoners. <laughs> there be no prisoners. The only people who will be in heaven are those who choose to be there. And today, you have a choice. You can either accept the sacrifice that was made by Jesus or reject it. And if you want to accept that offer right now, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And I know this is not what you consider a church setting. You may be in your home somewhere, sitting in your bedroom, wherever you are. You might even be out in your car trying to get a good signal. But I want to tell you, Jesus is here. He, he's here and He's waiting for your response. He, he's knocking on the door of your heart and He's asking, do you want to accept my sacrifice for your sins? Do you want me to pay the penalty right here, right now? And He's awaiting your response. If your answer is no this evening, please don't pray. But if your answer is yes, please bow your head and pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I come before you today in the knowledge that I have broken your law. I am guilty. I am a sinner in need of your forgiveness and intervention. I accept that you died on the cross for me. Please forgive me. Wash me clean. Take my guilt and shame. Fill me with your peace. Help me to love you and to worship you with my life. Amen. Amen. And if you have made that commitment for the very first time, we want to help you take the next step. And if you just go to openarms.ie forward slash connect, you can just fill out the form and tick the box, I've made a decision for Jesus today. And now we're going to into a time of communion. We're going to break bread together. And what I'd like to do is just read the Scripture from 1 Corinthians 11. Paul writes this and he says, For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. So let me go and take some bread. 
So here is one loaf representing the body of Christ. And as we break this, and as we take some bread, and if you have some bread at home, if you have a cracker, whatever you might have, we're taking some juice here, which represents the shed blood of Christ. And let me continue to read this scripture. So he took bread, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So the bread, the cracker, whatever is symbolic to you of the body of Christ, let's take it together. Paul goes on. Verse 25, he said, In the same way, after supper he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord, we want to thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you came to earth and took on the body of a man. You became man. Thank you, Lord, that you went to to Calvary to give your body, to shed your blood. You give your life that we might have life. And Lord, we are so glad, and we call this Good Friday. We celebrate Good Friday, that this is the day that you set us free, that this is the day that you cut history in two, and you proclaimed freedom and liberty and peace for those who follow and believe in you. And Lord, we take this cup in remembrance of your shed blood. So let's take the cup together. So you're sitting, watching the screen, either large or small. Remember that Good Friday is very symbolic of God's love for you. And no matter what's happening, you watch the TV, no matter what's happening in the news out there, I can't tell you what's going to happen next month. I can't tell you what's going to happen before the end of this year. But I can tell you that God holds you in the palm of His hand, and His love is with you this evening. God bless you. We'll see you Easter Sunday, 11 o'clock. Have a great weekend.